This is Global Ambitions, your 15-minute window into the minds of localization and international go-to market experts. Discover how they respond to their biggest challenges. Here's today's host. Hi, my name is Stephanie Harris, and I'll be your host today for this episode of Global Ambitions. Our guest today is Marie Rolin, and she is the Director of Quality and Creative Services at Chili Store. And today we're going to be talking about inclusion and how to incorporate it is an integral part of your business. So Mari, welcome to the program. Hi, Stephanie. Thank you very much for having me. Very excited. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe your background and how you got interested in this topic? Yeah, sure. Um, My background is a a little bit of a, a change. There was some change in my history. So I started in marketing and social communications originally. And I spent a good part of my career working as content management. And as a content manager, you get to study the audiences really well. And you get to examine what is expected in terms of content, who are we talking to and what we are not mentioning as well as touching on the points of language. So actually, during my content management career, that's when I got in content localization, especially subtitling, and I fell in love (laughs) with the market, with the idea of working with languages. And I moved from Brazil to Ireland, where I still live, to pursue a master's. And since then, I have been working in localization. And when I started working in Chile Store, I focused a lot in quality. And then all of those topics kind of got bind together. When you work with audiences and what with languages, you become painfully aware of the limitations and the opportunities there there in those contents. So what we can say and what we cannot say. And of course, all the biases that are embedded in language that we don't think about it on the day to day. And that's when I became really interested in the topic of inclusivity and belonging from a content point of view and from a language point of view. So it's, I would say it's impossible being through a career that has dealt with writing and translating and not touching on inclusivity and being interested in the topic. To me, it was straightforward, something that I really wanted to look further into. All right. So to jump right into the topic then, what are some of the unique characteristics of language that bring these challenges for inclusive content? Well, language is deeply human. It's an expression of ourselves and it carries a lot of our community's beliefs and biases and which is now sometimes even included in grammatical aspects. And those are very hard to navigate because an agreement, a grammatical agreement, it's something that binds all the speakers together and how you're going to compose content in a given language. That being so, some of the topics such as declination and marking are important on a good composition, are seen as important in a good composition. And changing in that is tricky and challenging and takes time. And I guess when we talk about that, what comes to the forefront of everybody's mind, especially for a speaker of Romance language such as myself, is gender neutrality. So if you work in a language that is deeply gendered, <laughs> you know, everything has a marking that indicates if we're talking about a, a particular gender, it's hard to navigate that in a more neutral way. Like in in English, we found ways around it that were much more embedded in the history of the language and were much more uh, available for users to to rely on when we started worrying about that. So if you try to bypass gender neutrality, for example, to the topic that we used as reference, 
it takes a lot of free thinking of how we use language daily and what a good composition is supposed to be. <laughs> so uh, what I would say, to all that to say that, you know, I don't think gender inclusivity is the biggest challenge inclusive language is actually one piece in a very complex puzzle. I'd say the biggest challenge for inclusive ch language is to take in consideration that you have to consider other experiences. So you can, for example, take in consideration the neutrality and put forward solutions or suggestions that will hinder understanding for screen readers or might not suit neurodivergent audiences. So I'd say that the challenges are, in summary, the resources through which we convey meaning. How do we ensure that the solutions proposed are not excluding other groups when you're trying to bring everybody together? Okay. So... What are some different methods you've seen in business to address these types of challenges? So there are a few layers of methods that we can use. Some of them are very holistic and very open, and then there are the specific strategies, steps, right? One of the biggest concerns I have whenever I talk about inclusivity, when I research about inclusivity, when I try to read more and get educated about the topic is how it's not a box ticking experience. So you can just look at a list of items that you're going to check and make sure that it's in place. So you can work on inclusion without dialogue. Our experiences are unique and the shortcomings of our perceptions are many. So we have to be accepting of that. And I understand that this just this answer is very broad and the best methods I've seen teams applying are those that use technology to guide and to help focus the dialogue around inclusivity. So mm -hmm. finding the targeted solutions to make sure that the content that you're looking at is relevant to your audiences and is relevant to your brand. To the gender neutrality point above, for example, uh, in Portuguese, we have many options that have been put forward, uh, such as replacing the gender macro with a vowel or working with focus shifting and gender coordination, so as in listing all the genders in, in, in a particular sentence. But that's a decision that can only be made when you are well informed about the content and the audiences that are reading your content. So they're reading the text that you're putting forward for your brand. So right. in summary, uh, to make it broad, it's definitely dialogue. The best method is those that you're willing to open the conversation to members of your team so they can bring forward the concerns and solutions as well. There is an uh, expectation that there's going to be a final solution tomorrow, which I think should be reassurance to all. Right. So you mentioned dialogue as being kind of the key to this whole process. Um, what are some ways that people can approach having dialogue worked into their workflows, I guess you could say? So, it, so it's not an afterthought. So it's incorporated into their processes. If you want to start a dialogue around inclusion, it's very important that you understand your content and the source. I think for localization, a lot of the source we work with comes from English, right? So if you're with multilingual teams to assist you in your localization process, being aware of what is your audience and who are you hoping to communicate with, and then passing on those expectations to your linguistic teams, including the expectations around inclusivity and whatever challenges you can foresee, are definitely good steps towards opening a dialogue with the team. So people come back to you, certainly with their considerations, their experiences, and we're talking then about professional experience, of course, so how we deal with inclusion on a 
linguistic point of view, as well as the personal experiences, what has happened in the past, what kind of directions that have taken that would help guide this conversation. So I understand I talk a lot about conversation and dialogue and participation, and those are big words and they are very broad, but there are ways of targeting them. And that's the proposal that I like to bring to the teams that will work together with me on inclusion topics, which is like, okay, are we aware of of, of the challenges. I don't think there's an expectation that we'll be always aware of all of the challenges. And that's why dialogue is important, because we cannot see everything all the time. Yeah, yeah, no, that is very important. Have you had any clients or companies that you've worked with where you've seen they've done this really well? And can can you kind of tell us a few examples of of good examples and maybe even some bad examples if you have those too? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, for sure. So one of uh, one of our main clients, it's, it's very good at that. And, you know, when you're a company that is willing to work with inclusivity and inclusive content, you if you're really serious about that, you're going to have the opportunities of finding great solutions and suffer great failures, <laughs> all of the same workflows, because I think you can learn a lot from the inclusion processes. What they really did well was what I think I mentioned earlier on about AI-assisted research. So if you know your content really well, you know what you're hoping to do, then you'll be able to craft rules around your branding that would help guide the linguistic teams. Mm-hmm. But then, okay, if you're making, um, if you're working with a content that it's very broad, if you're making a lot of changes, if you're making a lot of points, then you might want to target that discussion using practical day-to-day tools. So, for example, the technology that would help us predict possible issues with a content in certain languages because of inclusivity, and then they flag them to us, that helps a lot uh, planning around and finding the solutions that are suitable for the client. So this client was very good at that. They were very good at using technology and levering technology to bring the points that they want to bring to all the teams. And of course, they're also very good at looking around the table because that's another part of inclusion that we don't necessarily talk very often because not only a localization point, it's a belonging point. Mm -hmm. So they're very good at looking at certain topics and looking around the table and seeing who are we missing that should be participating in this dialogue and that should be helping find solutions for the content. And they used to bring specialists to help the linguistic team. So there was a recognition that we are limited in our resources and we need help. Mm. And that's where the dialogue ties back again, because you can, you most likely won't have all the solutions in your hands and that it's important to open it for other people to bring the solutions and also the problems, the questions that we might not have seen. So you mentioned um, they were really good at pulling in resources. So if I'm, if I know that my my table is, does not have all the people I need at it, what would be kind of the first step into to finding those resources and to to pulling those people in? What what do you recommend as like a good process to figure all of that out? Oh, that's bold. <laughs> I wouldn't be so bold to say I have a solution for for all the processes. <laughs> Um, But if you know your source well, if you know your content well, then you probably know where we are lacking. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I look around certain contents that I work on and I see the teams that we have, I know where experiences might be missing. 
And those are good places to start. So if you open yourself to work with inclusion in language, you are inevitably open yourself to work with inclusion in your teams, in your companies. So you have to look critically at that, I'd say. Yeah, this isn't just a language issue. This is a whole company issue. Um, yes. So that's yeah. that's good. Good advice, Mari. Thank you for that. <laughs> no problem. Well, that's about all the time we have for today. But thank you so much for coming in and sharing your insights in this topic. Oh, thank you so much for having me. That was quick. I think time flies when you're having fun. Thanks for tuning in to Global Ambitions. Subscribe at globalambitions.net or wherever you get your podcasts.